0: Thank you very much. We're going to go right into the message since the choir has already sung some special songs this morning. I appreciate them working hard and even coming this morning and working extra again. Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter number 16 and I'm going to encourage you to have your Bible open as we look at several verses together in this passage. And we'll turn to a couple other gospel records and and make reference to those things. And so we think about this morning, the resurrection of the Lord. And uh, Mark chapter number 16, I'll read one verse. We'll take as a text verse, and I'll give you my title, and then we'll move right into the message uh, this morning. The Bible says in Mark chapter number 16, and if you come down to verse number 8, and we'll go back in a moment and set the context, but for uh, the start with, we'll read just this one verse. And it says, And they went out quickly and fled from the scepter. You say, what's the scepter? That's the empty tomb. So those women had gone in and they're walking out. And notice the Bible says this, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now I cannot fathom what that first Easter Sunday morning was like. I can't imagine going to the empty to the tomb and, and getting there and having this conversation with the angel and hearing it and and why seek you the living among the dead and he's not here he's risen but now look here's what I want you to go with me look go with me in your mind the Bible says this they're walking out the scepter in silence trembling. They were amazed They were just shocked Now I don't know if you've ever gone to the funeral home Or to the graveside And found an empty tomb But it'd be a pretty amazing event And I'm going to preach for a little while on this subject Losing the amazement of the resurrection Losing the amazement The awe The shock the the reverential respect of who Christ is This week we'll go through the uh, motions and and you think about all that you've heard about Easter and resurrection and and you think about it and if we're not careful in America especially in the Bible Belt especially in good old small town America it becomes second hat but do you realize that what we're saying is that we believe the Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth and took upon him the form of a servant and the Bible says in Philippians became obedient unto death even the death of the cross And, and the Bible says that he He willingly laid down his life. We'll read part of the account in a little while and I I wish I had the the mind uh, to describe to you the gruesomeness of the crucifixion. But I say this to you, before Christ suffered any pain of Calvary, he suffered the pain of incarnation, leaving the glory of God, the one who thought of not Robert to be equal with God. And he came and he walked among men. He came and he walked among clay and he became man without ceasing to be God. And he walked into that tomb as they laid him there and he got up and he walked out. You say, that's a pretty amazing story. But let me say this to you. Do you really still believe it? Well, you say, well, of course I give mental aspect to it. I give mental affirmation to it. But I ask you this question, has it made any difference in your life this week? Have you lost the amazement of the resurrection? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was willingly sacrificed. The Bible says through the cross, he won the victory over death, hell, and the grave. I want you to go back in verse number one, we'll walk through this passage together and look at just a few things and I'll make an application and we'll be done and we'll take a little checklist at the end of it and say, well, I wonder if I've lost the amazement of it. Matthew, Mark chapter number 16, rather, in verse number one, the Bible says, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Siloam had brought had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And verse number two, and it says, And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they, they came unto the Scepter at the rising of the sun. I want you to write down or take note of this. The first thing we see in this passage of Scripture is these faithful followers. Now, these were the women, and they are mentioned here, Mary and Mary and Salome. They're mentioned here that they were coming to anoint the body of Jesus. As a matter of fact, the the Bible says in the other gospel records that their plan was to anoint his body and to give him a proper burial and to make things right. And so they're going with the intent of adoration of who the Savior was. They're going with the intent to do what? What is right? So the Bible says in verse number 2, very early in the morning, in verse number 1, after the Sabbath was done, so after they had fulfilled their obligation to the Sabbath, they went, look at this, at the first daybreak, at the first opportunity to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me say something to you. This is not the first time you find these women following the Lord. As a matter of fact, if you turn back a page in your Bible, you'll find them at Calvary. If you look in chapter number 15, I I wish we had the time to read the account of the crucifixion. But pick up reading with me if you don't mind in verse number 34. And the Bible says it was when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Now, we don't keep clock like they did in those days and the Jewish calendar and all that. But that would be from 12 noon to to 3 o'clock. You say, that's the brightest part of the day. But let me say this to you. That was the darkest day. The sun refused to shine. You can't imagine it. You know, every now and then we see a cloud go over and we say, we go outside and we look up and say, man, what happened here? But can you imagine total darkness? The Bible says in verse number 34, and at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Lammus Sebastian, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Hanging on the cruel Roman cross, as we we see him in anguish, we see him, and for the first time in Scripture, he does not say, "Abba, Father." He does not say, "My Father and I are one." He says, "My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? Why have You turned Your back on me?" You say, "Why?" Because He allowed Him to become sin for us. He who knew no sin. He became our substitute. The sun refused to shine. Christ is hanging there in agony and God the Father can no longer look at him. And he looks at him in this, as a sinner. And the Bible says, and some of them that stood by when they heard it said, behold, he called for a And they ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, let him alone. Let's see if, whether lies will come take him down. Let's see, Let's see what's going to happen. And Jesus cried with a voice, and by the way, notice this next word, he gave up the ghost. You say, what does that mean? That means he died on his own terms. Don't let anybody tell you man took his life. No, man was the instrument in the hand of Almighty God. He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Look, the substitutionary death of Christ was God's idea, not man's idea. Now, man, God used to accomplish it. But no, the Bible says this, he gave up the ghost. (laughs) He died on his own terms. It says in verse number 38, and the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. I'm glad there's a way that we can enter into the Holy of Holies because of the sacrifice of Christ. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried and gave up the ghost, he said, truly this man was the Son of God. And notice verse 40. And there were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, the less, and of Joseph and Salome, Who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. So here's what you see is the same ladies that were at the empty tomb were the same ladies that were watching him be crucified. He said, man, why are they following him? I'll read just one passage in Luke chapter number 8 if if you don't have time to turn there, but write it down. Luke chapter number 8 and verse number 1, when Christ was traveling in his earthly ministry, it said, and it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. And Joanne, the wife of Churizer's. Herod's steward and Susanna and many others which minister notice this unto him out of their own substance so here they had followed him these women of Galilee had followed him you say why because out of Mary Magdalene which we'll see in just a moment at the end of the story we'll find that Mary Magdalene out of her had been cast seven devils seven demons completely controlled by Satan but after the demons had been cast out she completely and wholly followed the Lord and the Bible says she continued to minister to him and she ministered to him out of her own substance these women gave whatever was necessary you find them at the uh, at the darkest hour in human history still ministering to the lord let me say this to you if you'll learn to follow him in the good times it will be easier to follow him in them dark days you say man they didn't understand they're watching that darkness on the cross they're watching oh they had heard the stories. As a matter of fact, in just a little while, it'll it'll say to them that it, it came back. They started to understand this is what he was talking about. This is what he meant. And so here you find in, in Mark chapter number 16, you find those faithful women that were following the Lord. And you say, why were they following the Lord? Look, because he had changed their life. If Christ has changed your life, then you will follow him. It's as simple as that. If he hasn't changed your life, you won't follow him. You say, "What's the difference?" You say, "Well, I follow this church or I follow this preacher." No, 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 no. You got to get past all that and recognize that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one that can truly change your life. Therefore, he's the only one that deserves to be followed. You say, "Man, I don't they don't know what's going on. That's a tough that's a tough thing. Everything they left They'd left it all. And they were mentioned with the 12, these ladies. They, they'd ministered, and look, out of their own substance. You say, what does that mean? That means out of their own pocketbook. Let me say this to you. Real religion will affect your pocketbook. Because you don't mind sacrificing for the one that gave it all for you. And it says that they had went and purchased some spices. And they're going to go and ministered. It wasn't new to them. I say this to you: they followed him on dark days. They followed him on good days. Look, and they're following him on these confused days. So, man, we don't know how this is going. This ain't this. This ain't making sense. Now, please don't miss this. We sometimes think these people in the Bible are mythical people, like they're supernatural. No, this is a real, these are real women who Christ had changed their life. And they're not sure what's going to happen. You say, how do you know that? I'm glad you asked. Look at the second thing. Not only were they faithful followers, but they had faith when they faced obstacles. Look in verse number three. It says they they went on, and as they were going, they said amongst themselves. <laughs> Now, they're going to anoint... Now, please don't miss this. They're going to anoint his body with spices. They're going to give him a proper burial. They've had to wait till the Sabbath is over. At the very first opportunity they could, at the rising of the sun, and and many people had a sunrise service this morning, and I read the joke, I can't help but share it with you, said we're going to have a biblical sunrise service this morning. All the women are going to go, and then they're going to come back and report to the men what happened. Because you find these ladies had to go get Peter and John (laughs) after they got there and the stone was rolled away. But don't miss this now. Please don't miss this. They're carrying spices to anoint his body. They know there's a problem. There's a big stone between what they believe God wants them to do and what is on the inside in their opportunity. And they ask themselves the question, verse number three, well, who is going to roll the stone away? Don't miss it. These women are walking, carrying those spices. They're trying to anoint the body of the Lord. They're, they're trying to worship him. They're trying to give him a proper burial. And they realize they've got a problem. Now, I'm going to say this to you. You know what we do when we've got a problem? We turn around and sit on the couch and wait for Jesus to show up. But what they did is they walked on in faith. They walked on believing God was gonna do something. They didn't know how it was gonna turn out. They knew there was an obstacle from doing what God wanted them to do. And many of us let one obstacle keep us from doing the right thing, keep us from doing with our lives what God wants us to do. And here they're gonna show up and they know they're gonna show up and they know there's gonna be a stone there. But guess what? They showed up anyway, but look at verse number four. I gotta get back to my Bible. I can't read that far away. It says, "And who shall roll us away the stone from the door?" the in verse three. And when they looked, they saw the stone was rolled away. Verse very great. <laughs> Let me say this to you: When you walk in in faith, you'll be surprised what God will do. You'll be shocked. You say, well, there's an obstacle, there's a problem, there's something in my life, there's a person in my life. Look, don't let that one thing keep you from moving forward in your life. Don't go home and take your spices and sit on the couch and say, I would have if I could have got around that one thing because you'll be shocked when you obey God and you look and see, man, that stone wasn't a big problem. It was a problem for us, but it wasn't a problem for him. And out there in the stone, by the way, the stone was rolled away, not so he could get out, but so they could get in. He didn't need any help getting out. Matter of fact, you read on in a little while, what I'm going to preach on tonight, he shows up through closed doors. He didn't need help getting out. But look, please don't miss this. They needed help getting in. You say, what were they going to do? They did not know. They had no idea that they were going to show up and the stone was going to be rolled away. Look, and they were going to walk right in (laughs) and find the tomb empty. But what they did is they continued to have faith in the midst of obstacles. Now, look, please don't miss this, and I'm not making fun of your obstacles, but I wonder how many times people have something out there that they know they're going to have to deal with. And instead of walking on in faith, look, we sit down in doubt. We sit down and say, man, that's a big stone. I mean, that's, that's big. That's, matter of fact, that's real big. And notice this in verse, verse number three. says, they talked among themselves, said who's going to move it? A lot of times our foolish talking, we realize that we're not able. It says, and they followed God. And notice this very quickly in verse 5 and 6. It says, and they, in entering into the scepter, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were frightened. They saw the angel. It says, and he said unto them, be not affrightened. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified? Notice very simply, He's risen. He's not here. As so I said to you in another gospel record, it said it this way, why seek ye the living among the dead? Why'd you go to a grave to find a risen Savior? it says, and behold, the place where they laid him. So he said, look, he said, this, this is the, the tomb that Joseph had bartered with and let him borrow. This is the place. They're like, oh, yes, this place, this place. We watched them bury him. We watched them put him there. We watched the stone be rolled in place. We watched the centurions guard him. Behold, look, this is the place where they laid him. But it reminds you, please don't miss this, death has no hold on him. You say, what's so significant about that? That means this, if I trust him as my Savior, death has no hold on me. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. There's no way to get around physical death, but let me say this. There is a way to get around spiritual death. We read in the book of Revelation that those whose names are not found in the book of life were cast into the lake of fire, and the Bible says this is the second death. You say, do you really believe all that? Do you really believe that a man came? No, I believe the Son of God came. You say, do you really believe that that makes a difference in where I spend eternity? I did. I do. The Bible says this, that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament show forth his handiwork. You walk outside and you see the majestic beauty and it screams to us that there is a creator. And if there is a creator, then there is one that we will answer to. You say, why is there such an attack on creation in society today? Because they think if they can get rid of the idea of creation, then they realize they don't have anyone to answer to, and they're just a clump of cells. They're, they're just an animal living like every other animal, and whatever they want to do is right. But the Bible says, no, after, point another minute, after this, the judgment. There's someone we stand before. You find, look, quickly, you find the faithful followers. You find faith in following obstacles. But let me give you a third thing. This is probably my favorite thing. Look in verse number seven. He says to them, but go your way and tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee and there shall you see him as he saith unto you. You say, Brother Mark, what's so important about this? We know the apostle Peter. We know him. We know the loud mouth, the the one that said, all men will forsake you, but not I. I want you to turn back a page or two in your Bible to Mark chapter number 14. You say, what's so significant? Why did he call Peter's name out? Because the last place you find Peter is in Mark chapter number 14. You mean the one that said we've left all and we followed you? Yeah, the one, the one that said, I, "I'll, I'll, you, you can't if you don't wash my feet. And then he says, "No, no, you just wash all of me. I'm all in." But the Bible says that you find the whole thing in verse fifty-four. It says Peter followed far off. And then you find in verse sixty-six. It says, "And Peter was beneath in the palace, and there cometh one of the maids and the high priest and." when she saw Peter warming himself she looked upon him and said and thou also was with Jesus of Nazareth but he denied saying I I know not neither understand what you're saying sorry I had put a little East Tennessee dialect in there and he went out into the porch and the cock crew and a maid saw him again and said behold to say to them that stood by this is one of them and he denied again and a little while after, they, they stood by said again to Peter, Surely thou art one of them, for thou art a Galilean, and thy speech agreeeth thereunto. And he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not this man of whom you speak. And the second time, the cock crew. And Peter called to mind the word that Jesus said unto him before the cock crow twice. Thou shalt deny me thrice. And when he thought thereon, he wept. You say, what's so significant? I don't know if I gave him an outline, but the third thing we find is we find forgiveness. See, the amazing thing the empty tomb means to us, look, they walked out. That angel said, by the way, when you leave, go find the apostle Peter. And let him know, look, he's still one of his disciples. That's the word of the Bible says this, and he's one of his disciples. He's still part of my plan. He's still part of my family. You say, you don't know what I've done, preacher. Let me say this to you. The cross is the place of forgiveness, and the resurrection is the receipt of the payment paid in full. You say, I, I have followed him before and I, now I kind of followed afar off and, and then before I knew it, I found myself warming my hands with his enemies. Let me say this, if you've, God can forgive a backslidden apostle, he can forgive you. <laughs> I'm glad the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You say, he just sweeping rug? no, no, he didn't just sweep it under the rug. No, he's just because he's the justifier. He's just because he's the one that said, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? He can forgive our sins because he paid the price in full. So I get excited every time I read that resurrection story. Those women, they followed from Galilee. They bought things out of their own pocket. They would paid with their own substance. And the angel said, now look, don't forget about old Peter. I can't imagine how low Peter was that day. The Bible said that when he heard it, he remembered what the Lord had said. And when he thought about it, he went out and wept sorely, bitterly. Please don't miss this. Look right here at me. Don't let the mistakes of your life control you. Don't stay in your bitter, broken state when there is forgiveness in the cross of Calvary. You say, preacher, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I I have been, but let me say this to you. He does, and he says this. He loves us with an everlasting love. You say, well, I, I made a commitment to the Lord and I've gone back on it and, and now how could he forgive me because now all my sins are in the present tense and future. And you don't know if I'm gonna fail him. Can I say this to you? When he died on the cross, all your sins were future sins. You say he knew what was going to happen in your life and he loved you and for many of you, he saved you Anyway. Either forgiveness is real or it's not. And I say this to you, oh, it's real. And some of you sit there like Pharisees and say, well, I'm glad I'm not like the Apostle Peter. And well, First John mentions you too. The Bible says if you say you have no sin, you make God a liar and his truth is not in you. So I don't need forgiveness. I beg to differ. <laughs> For all have come short of the glory of God. You see the forgiveness. Let me give you a third thing. Fourth thing, very quickly, you find the fear. I read to you in verse number eight. Notice these words, and I hasten on, and I'm almost finished. It says, and they went out quickly and fled from the scepter, for they trembled. Now, that little word trembled, it literally means to something to ha- have hold of something that affects you to be continually in your presence it's like something grabbed you or we make this we say this sometimes something grabbed a hold of me just got a hold of me that's what that word meant I mean look look they walked in there and it shook them to the core you got a hold of them it says and they trembled and we're amazed. Of course, that word amazement, it literally it doesn't just mean to be ecstatic like we think of. It literally means to be taken away. It's, 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 the, it's the word, it's the same similar word we use rapture. It means to be carried away. It means to be literally moved and completely blown away. We say it that way sometimes say, so, oh, you just kind of blew me away. Well, that's what's happened here. They walked in there and that empty tomb just kind of blew them away. <laughs> said, he's not here, he's risen. Says they trembled and they were afraid. And the Bible says here they use that word afraid. If you mark it, it literally means to be frightened. It also means to stand in awe, reverential fear. Hold your place here and turn one more place with me. In Matthew chapter twenty-eight, the last chapter of Matthew or Matthew chapter twenty-eight, the last chapter of Matthew. So it says there that they trembled. They were amazed. And the Bible says this, please don't miss this. The Bible says, neither said they anything to any man. You say, what happened? There was a holy hush fell over them. The frivolous things of life didn't matter anymore. They had just witnessed the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ was truly risen. Frivolous talk had no place. They kept their mouth shut. You say, well, one of the ways we know we've lost the amazement of the Lord is we talk about stupid stuff, frivolous things. We complain about things that don't matter. We get our feelings hurt over minute details that don't matter. We've lost the awe. We've lost the reverence of the thrice holy God, the risen Son of God. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 8 said it this way. He says, and they departed quickly from the scepter, notice this, with fear and great joy. And did run to bring the disciples. Word again, here's that word fear. It literally means to, uh, to reverence or to honor, as I said to you a moment ago. And then it says this great joy or mega joy or a large amount of joy. You say, that's pretty simple. You say, what does joy mean? We know what it means. It means rejoicing and gladness. Now, please don't miss it. Look right here. and I'm almost done. You say, how do I start to know that I've lost the amazement of the resurrection? It's because I start losing my joy. You mean to tell me that I can pray and call upon the one that is seated on the right hand of the throne of God that is an advocate for me, a, a one that says come boldly into the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find help. Look, if I lose my joy, please don't miss this. It's because I've lost my reverential fear of who he is. Because when I recognize who he is, please don't miss it, that this world has no hold on him, that the grave has no hold on him, that sickness has no hold on him, that death has no hold on him. And when I see him for who he is, look, a reverential fear comes over me and joy fills my heart because I serve a risen Savior. But I wonder if Easter's come old hat to us Say, well, I got my tie on. I got my picture made. Well, please don't let me bust your bubble. But Easter's about a lot more than a family picture and a new tie. It's about the day they walked in and God removed the obstacles. And they recognized that he got up without human aid or human involvement. And they were blown away, carried away, just taken back their socks knocked off that's, that's the type of expressions that you find here it says and they walked out with reverential fear look in verse number 8 I believe it is the next verse and I, I, I say this to you it says verse number 9 he says and Mary Magdalene saw him first I say this in a footnote Says that Mary Magdalene saw him first. You can go to John and you find out. They supposed she supposed him to be a gardener. Said, "Please don't play tricks on me." And he turned and looked at Look at me, and he said, "Mary." <laughs> oh, that changed everything. You say, "What's the point?" The point is the resurrection is not just a factual detail. It is not just an event in history. It is something that changes individual lives. This was a woman that was possessed with devils. This was a woman that was demon controlled. But this is a woman that followed Jesus out of her own substance, gave and, and came to anoint his body. And when she got there and when she looked, when she heard his sweet voice, she said, that's him. Now ask you a question. Are you like Mary Magdalene? Has He changed your life? Do you continue, look, do you continue to follow Him in the midst of obstacles? I say this to you in closing. Say, how do we tell if I've lost the amazement of the resurrection? Let me say this to you. We'll follow Him as long as it doesn't cost us anything. So if it don't cost me friends, don't cost me time, don't cost me money, I'm all in. You won't find that religion in the Bible. You might find it on every street in town. But you won't find it of those ladies and those men that follow the Lord Jesus Christ. They gave their life for the sake of the gospel. You say, Have I lost the amazement. You say, well, I won't, follow, I won't face obstacles in faith. I'll let the least little obstacle keep me from following. You say, how do I tell if I've lost the amazement? I'm not willing to allow God to forgive me, and I'm not willing to forgive others. The Bible says we're to forgive even as we've been forgiven. And then I say this to you we've lost the amazement of the resurrection when we lose our joy and our reverential fear of look of who God is. I give you this illustration, I'm done. I don't know this person, this person's not in this room, but I was looking at Facebook. I was looking at a something on Marketplace I wanted to buy. And, and I clicked on the person to buy something from them. And their Facebook page was just filled with every F word and just terrible language. And then the saddest thing that troubled me is this lady had three little kids and it, she had shirts made that says three days later he arose. And I say this to you, look. The resurrection not made any difference in her life. And what I say to you, it's not just something to join and something to look cool. The resurrection is to make an individual difference. Mary knew her Life was changed. She went on in with those other ladies. And they left. Please don't miss it. They left shocked. They left in awe. Man, he is who he said he was. I can't wait to tell everybody about this. Now, we'll find out in a little bit. Some of them disciples didn't believe at first they said, no, 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 you, no, you, you, no, 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 but they, look, they were convinced. And I ask you a question, not about your neighbor, not about your friend, not about your family, but I ask you an individual question, that is this, has the truth of the resurrection lost its luster in your eyes? Has it become old hat to you? Oh, no, 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 no. We should stand in awe of him not just on Easter Sunday morning, but we should stand in awe of him every day. It's of the merc- it is the mercies, of the Lord's mercies we're not consumed. I want you to bow with me.